Welcome back to the Alts Podcast. I'm your host, Horatio Ruiz. We bring you industry leaders and creators to give their insights on the rapidly changing and exciting world of alternative assets. Opinions expressed on this podcast by the host and podcast guests are for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Podcast hosts and guests may maintain positions in the offerings discussed in this podcast. Thank you for joining the podcast. Today, we're talking to Kyle Kudareski, the lead project manager at Empire Flippers Capital. In this episode, we talk about how Empire Flippers Capital is fractionalizing online businesses, how investors can own a share of an online business, and how EF Capital organizes its funds between website operators and investors to provide favorable returns. This is another great episode about online businesses and some good insight into EF Capital and the exciting developments in this fractional sector of alternative investments. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kyle. All right, guys, thank you for joining me uh, on the podcast today. Really happy to have Kyle today from Empire Flippers Capital. We're going to talk about how you're able to get a piece or another uh, fractionalization here of something that's really been hot for investors, online businesses. Kyle, thank you for uh, being on the podcast. Hey, Horatio. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I've uh, enjoyed alts uh, for, for quite a while now and what you guys are doing and excited to be talking to you. Yeah, it's so cool. We've done a couple of episodes about online businesses. We've had a couple of experts that have their own brokerages, um, that they also work with other kind of platforms. So we're pretty familiar with Empire Flippers. But I, I want to be clear here as, as we start the episode, you are the lead project manager for Empire Flippers Capital. And so so our listeners are, are aware that they're kind of, they're two entities, right? Empire Flippers is the parent company, but you are here uh, representing Empire Flippers Capital. That's yeah, exactly right. And we can get into the similarities and, and differences, but it is two separate entities. Let's kind of take the big picture, right? Uh, Empire Flippers, uh, for anybody that maybe isn't uh, aware or isn't sure what Empire Flippers is, could you kind of give that that big picture, uh, that, that overview of what Empire Flippers is? And then we'll get into uh, EF Capital. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like I said, I think it's very important to distinguish between the two. Uh, Empire Flippers is a a brokerage or just a marketplace for online businesses. So online businesses can be used to describe like a wide wide range of assets. So think almost anything in the e-commerce space that could be uh, Amazon businesses. So FBA fulfilled by Amazon is uh, one of the large monetizations. Kindle businesses, content, which means affiliate or display ads, just your everyday apps or, you know, one that people are probably hearing a lot about now is uh, SaaS or software as a service. Uh, and, and, and many more digital assets. So those are the types of online businesses that are sold on the Empire Flippers marketplace. So Horatio builds a business. He decides he wants to sell it. He comes to Empire Flippers. We vet it, list it, find a buyer, and then migrate it to that buyer. So Empire Flippers has been around for over a decade. You're very well established in the space. Over $400 million now in businesses sold. Over 2,000 total businesses And actually, I looked it up today, uh, 74 of those businesses have been sold for over $1 million. So does that all make sense? Yeah, 100%. I love how you, how a lot of times um, there's so much that goes into online businesses, right? Uh, So much work that goes into it, uh, marketing it, looking even at the fine fine print. Um, But I love how you're able to kind of describe what what Empire Flippers does in about a minute, a minute and a half. It seems so simple, right? In theory, but uh, I'm sure that there's a lot more involved involved in it, but that definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah, what's really interesting, I mean, like I said, we've been around, EF's been around for over a decade, well over a decade now, and um, we still feel like it's very early in the space. So it's still clear, uh, still important to 
kind of explain it uh, as succinctly as possible. Empire Flippers is a brokerage, an online a brokerage for online businesses. And then well, as I started researching uh, EF Capital, two big questions, right? So how exactly is EF Capital, Empire Flippers Capital, different from Empire Flippers? And then the second question is, uh, why? Why was there a need or did you see a, a demand, right, for uh, establishing kind of a, a separate uh, company? Yeah, yep, 100%. So first point you mentioned, how is it different? So Empire Flippers Capital is an investment platform is the most simple way to put it. So rather than being a brokerage that lists businesses and sells them, we're a platform where people can come and invest in the same type of businesses that would be listed on the Empire Flippers brokerage or any other brokerage, uh, online business brokerage out there. So we can get into the details of how all the investment works and, and how our business model works. But at its core, we're an investment platform where people can take part in those exact type of online businesses. Uh, and then the why. Uh, so as you can imagine, with Empire Flippers being such a dominant player in the online business space, we have a very large audience of both buyers and sellers. And something we heard repeatedly over the years was, hey, I don't really have the time or the money or even the want to to run one of these businesses, but I would love exposure to the space. So maybe that's just an outsider who's interested in the space or somebody who's sold on our you know, our brokers before or or whatever the case is they want exposure but they don't have the time money or or want to to run it so continue to hear some variation of hey can i give you a hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars can i buy a business and you guys just run it for me or find someone to run it for me and it's like well no that's not really what we do but after hearing this enough times you know we decided to listen so now we've developed a way for investors to take part in the you know the huge upside that online businesses can offer just in a completely passive manner. So I'm sure we'll talk more about the fractional ownership and how it works and all that, but at its core, again, that's that's uh, the why behind EF Capital. That, that's awesome, yeah. Um, I love that, that idea of, of fractionalization, right? And also the idea of oftentimes you see a great opportunity and you kind of you kind of wish you could jump into it or you wanna jump into that, that investment opportunity, but whatever the case is, like you said, uh, time, uh, money, expertise even, right? Uh, those are barriers to entry. And so you're basically saying, hey, we're opening up this asset class basically for online businesses and and opening it up so people can own a piece of it or, you know, a chunk of it and and participate in, you know, the the benefits of it, right? The returns. That's exactly right. And that's uh, kind of the vision or goal is to make it much more of a mainstream asset class. And, you know, they're, like I said earlier, as long as online businesses have been around, it's still very early. You know, if you think about Younger people or older people, you know, parents, grandparents, they may have no idea about, you know, this website that they're visiting is actually a business. And so that becoming much more of a mainstream asset class, it's very, very similar to what you might see uh, or what other things might offer in real estate or art or wine or other alternative investment categories. They're putting it out there as an asset class. And that's exactly what we're doing with online businesses. Let's get into the kind of like a little, a little bit about the platform because I find it, I find that so interesting. So I guess the the biggest question is, I guess from an investor side, let's take it first from an investor side, is if they want to invest into one of your funds, right, or a, a pool of businesses, what exactly are they investing in? Are they are they investing in in a couple of websites? Are they investing uh, in in just one? C- can they do that? Uh, and and I guess all these questions are kind of uh, a, a part of the same question. Is there a diversification there between the two, the two uh, between the businesses? For sure. Yeah. I think it makes sense to, to kind of break it up into the two versus just running through the whole thing at once. So 
So as an investor, right now we have done our what I'll refer to as deals or funds. We've done them in rounds. So we've done four rounds and each round offers multiple deals or multiple funds. Okay. So right now, for example, uh, December 2022, uh, we have our, our fourth round is open and it has four deals available. Now, each one of those deals will end up being a pool of online businesses. So each one is a different online business operator or what we call portfolio manager that is an expert in his field. So two of those are fulfilled by Amazon. One would be a Kindle and then one is a content. Um, so it's different monetizations, which yeah, we can get into why that's important. But to answer your question, as an investor, you don't go out and pick an individual website or just invest in one website. You invest in a deal. That operator goes out and acquires multiple businesses uh, in online marketplaces. And those businesses are going to be in the criteria that he lays out to you. So they're cash flow positive businesses in his monetization, and he's going to implement his growth strategies to those businesses. So one deal may own two, may own three. You don't know exactly at the time that you're investing. Any funds that aren't used to purchase the businesses. If he doesn't find enough businesses that he likes, will just be returned to investors. So you could do just one deal. You could invest in all the deals in a round and diversify across those. Uh, so I'll just stop there and see if it, all that's clear. I think one thing that kind of uh, grabs me is you're basically investing, um, you're, you're telling some, you're giving money to somebody, an expert in the field, and that then they're actually going to go out and and get these businesses and then they're going to run it as well. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more about the operators, like who are they and, and, and what are the, the kind of like criteria for becoming one and what's their criteria then for picking the businesses? Yeah. Awesome. So as you can imagine with as much experience as we have in the space, we have a network of you know, many of the best online business operators that are out there. So we have a pool of people that have built and sold multiple times on empire flippers um, as well as people outside of our audience. So, Basically, we have an application process. It starts with a simple form and then it becomes more in depth. And we have a whole team that works dedicated for Empire Flippers Capital that vets operators on an ongoing basis. So uh, we actually have a, a blog post that we can link in the show notes that goes into details about, about it. But it's, it's extremely difficult to become an operator. So you, um, you apply, you go through, um, like I said, a rigorous vetting process. We actually have you go find businesses that you would purchase at that time, you know, on a marketplace, come do due diligence. Why would you buy this business? What would you do to grow it? How would that translate to returns for investors? And we go through a whole process and then we select them for a round. And then beyond that, it's one of the reasons that our, our, uh, we set it up in rounds is we want to offer that diversification. And then we don't want to have three or four operators in a round that have the exact same uh, criteria or expertise then going out and competing with each other for businesses. So we try to offer diversification within each round um, across different monetization types. Can you talk a little bit about that diversification, the monetization? Because I think that's 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 key, like you said, and I didn't even think about that. You brought up this good point about not wanting the operators to compete with each other. Um, didn't even think about that, right? Um, I just thought, oh, you should, you should have different types of businesses. How do your rounds work that way where you're kind of thinking about that? And then on, on the other end, like what are the different kind of monetizations that are out there that they can pick from? Good question. So essentially, um, each round will, will feature operators in different monetizations. Now, those operators, so right now we have two different FBA operators out there, um, but they have completely different strategies. So one might be introducing new Amazon products and one might be 
running ads or driving more uh, traffic that way. So that's one way that we offer diversification between deals. And then we would have an operator in a content space. So for anybody that's not familiar with content, that can be affiliate. So if you're going out and you're trying um, to find the best gear to travel to a certain place, or you're getting ready to have a newborn or whatever, that you're out there shopping on one of these blogs or review sites, anytime you click, you are driving traffic to Amazon or another site, they get paid for that click along with display ads. Kindle Direct Publishing is a monetization we've had a lot of success with. Basically, uh, Amazon has made it possible for writers to publish directly through them, and that cuts down um, on the friction, increases their margins. And so that's that's something we saw a lot of traffic on Empire Flippers Marketplace for, and we have um, an operator in that field right now. So the last thing I would add there is, you know, over the last couple of years, as the program has continued to grow, We've seen many of our operators repeat. So they start to build a track record that becomes public to investors. And then once they've got their teams in place and their growth strategies in place for the businesses they're already running, they'll come back and be an operator again. And we've seen a really strong demand for our repeat operators. Let me ask you this question. How much autonomy do the operators have, right? So like, let's say that they have a stra- their strategy and they, they are, they've identified a couple of businesses are they free to choose those businesses or do they kind of do that in, in, with some sort of, you know, meeting with you guys to get, you know, final approval? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. It's really insightful. So they do go through us. We do have final approval on our team. Our team members have a lot of experience in this industry. We have some that have been betting in, in different, different places, different roles in the industry. So we, we leverage that to say, like, yes, we think that acquisition criteria, A, it meets what you laid out to investors, right? You told them you were going to buy two businesses in the two hundred to $500,000 range. You were going to do X, Y, Z. So A, it meets that. B, is it growing or is it shrinking, right? We want cash flow positive, positive businesses. And C, you know, one of the other things is, are you getting it at the right multiple? Are you getting it at the right price? So that's a big lever for driving returns to investors. So we get final say on that. We have had to, you know, say no to certain deals before, but they do it. It's the same thing they go through when they're being vetted to become operators. They they go through that due diligence process again on businesses that they're actually going to acquire. Now, in the past, when we first started out, they were only going to the Empire Flippers marketplace for these businesses. So they were businesses that we trusted a lot from the get-go because they were listed on that brokerage to begin with. And we know the process. Now we're opening up to a few select other brokerages. You know, eventually we hope to have a, a wide open marketplace. But we have to have our systems in place to make sure that they're buying the right businesses. So you you hit on a really good point there. I guess the the last thing that I, I want to clear up is as an investor, who can invest, right? Because it is you know if you, I don't want to take I don't want to say it, but there is a, a threshold, right? You are currently looking for uh, or accepting accredited investors, and I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more about that. Yeah, 100. So currently, it is uh, accredited investors only which I think everybody's pretty familiar with at this point, but you know, over 200,000 in income or over 1 million in net worth, along with some other ways that you can do it. We do take investments through IRAs, through entities, uh, both foreign and domestic. So there's a lot of options there, but I would encourage those who are not accredited to keep an eye out uh, in the early part of next year as we're working really hard on a crowdfunding option um, for, for retail investors. So that's something that I don't want to overpromise on, but it's something we're working really hard on and we hope to, uh, hope to have in place early next year. Could you talk to just a little bit more kind of like the, that, uh, that retail aspect? Um, is that also because of, of the demand that you've seen from retail investors? Yeah, that's exactly it. So we've seen uh, it, it comes up every round uh, in between rounds and um, we, we're just seeing a really high demand for that. 
Um, you know, it's an interesting investment that not a lot of people, well, really there's nobody else in the space doing it right now. And, uh, you know, it, it, we can get into the payouts and, and all of that, like how the distributions work on the profits. But one of the really cool things is we do quarterly reports that tell how each of the businesses are doing that have the P&Ls that show the actual online businesses that are purchased. So that's really cool for a lot of people to know, like, hey, I'm invested in this online business it's an Amazon site or, or it's, you know, a cat or dog site or whatever. And it's just a cool conversation piece to, to be invested in um, an online business and, and actually be able to watch it grow. So yeah, that's part of what's driving the demand. Yeah. What are the minimum investments, by the way, into a round? And, and, and what are the different options that an investor does have uh, as well besides the minimum? Yeah. So right now, uh, each of the deals, the minimum was 20, is, is 20,000 uh, per deal. So that gets you exposure again to one portfolio manager who will buy multiple businesses. But uh, each round is different. Um, right now, there's four four deals to encourage diversification across the deals. If you were to invest in all four, we actually give you a total investment minimum of sixty thousand. So that lowers your you know lowers your minimum to fifteen thousand per deal. And again, that's just because we encourage diversification across monetizations. Um, this isn't something where we really recommend throwing a dart you know, at a dartboard and hoping you pick the right right operator. There are special cases where somebody, you know, maybe they run an FBA business and they want exposure to something else, and so they just choose those other types of businesses. That's totally fine, um, as long as it's you know an informed decision. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about like uh, right now. You have a, a round open, correct? Correct. Can we talk about that a little bit? Kind of um, uh, w- what it is, uh, what's available there, what the monetizations are for the sites. Yeah, I think we're. Um, because right now we're not doing crowdfunding, we're a little bit limited in, in the details that we can give. But what I can tell you is that there, uh, across the four deals, there's three different monetizations, um, and there's a mix of both new and repeat operators. And those, you know, the cool thing about the, like I said earlier, the previous operators is that their track records are public, so you can see what they've done with us uh, over the last couple of years. But yeah, you can anybody can go see the details uh, just by a couple of clicks on our platform. Uh, you know, it's KYC SEC regulations where I can't get into all of the details. But if they just go to empireflippers.com/capital, you can dig in, get to know the operators. We do video interviews with each of the operators, so you can actually hear from them yourself. That's great. I mean, you get to kind of meet the person that's going to be using your money, right? Yeah. One clarification, Kyle. I was wondering. So let's say that you put in the minimum twenty thousand dollars, right? And you said there's four deals in this round, just kind of use this as an example. So if if I put in $20,000 and there's four deals, does my money get spread out between the four businesses or is that going to just one? So with 20,000, it would just be in one deal. Gotcha. Right. 20,000 is the minimum if you were to do one deal. If you wanted to spread it across rather than doing 20 in each of the four, you could actually do 60 total, which comes out to, to 15 of the four. So yeah, good clarification. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about like those quarterly, uh, my, my big question was like, uh, these are, uh, you have content sites, your drive, you have these affiliate links, you also have advertisements. And I, I imagine that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that one of the nice things about these online businesses is that they create cash flows. So with these quarterly kind of updates, can an investor expect to get these, uh, you know, kind of dividends, these cash flows from that the businesses are making? Is that something that, that that's going to have to wait until you exit your position. And then, you know, let's talk about that as well. Like what is your strategy? Like how long does it normally take until you kind of start looking to, to take an exit position with your online businesses? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's perfect. And and really getting down to, you know, kind of brass tacks. So basically 
once you invest, there's a, an investment period. When the deal is funded, then the operators take 90 days to go acquire the businesses, right? As soon as they make those acquisitions, they start running and growing the businesses, implementing their strategies. As soon as those begin to generate profit, so you know, usually about nine months after the investment is made, just because you have to acquire the businesses, they, they have to change hands and, and start cash flowing. You receive quarterly distributions, usually 30 to 40 days after the end of each quarter. So basically 66% or two thirds of the profit every quarter is distributed to you as a cash distribution. So that actually goes in our platform. We have what we call um, just a wallet. Um, so you can let the funds add up in there and then reinvest them, or you can withdraw them to your bank account, go spend it on you know whatever you would like. So basically, yeah, each quarter, two thirds of the profits are distributed to your wallet from each of the businesses in your, you know, every business that you're invested in or every deal that you're invested in. So that's a huge, you know, a, a really big thing to distinguish where some assets you're just waiting on appreciation, you know, of that asset. We are, these are actually cash flowing businesses that are generating, you know, returns to you each quarter. Uh, our round one investors, which they, they invested early Q1 of last year, 2021, they've received 14.6 returns over the last year. And as you hit on, that doesn't even include the sale or exit of the businesses. I think the last point there was, what's the timing for the exit of the businesses? This is where the operator has some discretion. We would obviously be involved as well. Look at market conditions when the best time to sell is. We estimate in the two to four year range. Those businesses will have grown enough and the market conditions are to where it makes sense to go ahead and sell. And it's the exact same split at that time. So two thirds of the profit of the exit go back to the investors. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if there's some feedback you got, but I, I feel like there's been a, a lot more, I guess, talk about investing in businesses or in assets that are, you know, that are that have cash flow. I've noticed that a lot recently in just different podcasts I, I've, I've listened to, even people that I, you know, some things that I've read. And I guess that's that's online businesses. I guess it's just like having a business. I mean, you're getting you're getting you know revenue from them, and uh, I just see that as a, such a huge advantage. Yeah. And I think, you know, something that was probably important to hit on with the operators as well, like when they're selected, they actually invest in the business as well. So they don't take any, they don't get any salary, um, nothing like that. They do, they do get a carry. They put in 5%. If their fund was 2 million bucks, um, you know, they're putting in 5% of that 2 million. So they have skin in the game right along with the investors. If, if, you know, if they're not growing the businesses, if they're not cash flowing, then they're not getting paid. So they put in 5% and then they get a 20% carry. So uh, along with no salary. Let, let's just go in a little deeper, actually. It's not a, a question I had initially, but like, and maybe there's a bit of a broad question, but how well do you know the operators? You know, like I imagine, uh, you know, they're not quite employees of EF Capital, right? They're sort of like these kind of contractors with expertise. And you mentioned that you do have videos of them kind of, you know, with their, their interviews and kind of that, which I find really, really cool. How well do you know them? Like how, how much trust is there in them to, to do not the right thing necessarily, but to, you know, run, run, run a fund essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. So there's several that we've known through the years or that have been around in the online business space through the years, right? Like I said, they might've sold multiple businesses through empire flippers, or we've known them from conferences or things like that. And then there's some on the complete opposite end of the spectrum where they apply. We didn't know anything about them, but you know, what's really cool is throughout the process, we get to know them very well. So not just the vetting process, which, you know, is, is extremely important. 
but then the acquisition process, they're coming to us saying, all right, I got these two businesses. What do you think? Here's my due diligence. And then even beyond that, once the acquisitions are made, we do the quarterly reports with them where they're getting commentary, they're doing videos. And then we also do masterminds between rounds for these guys. So like if operator A is having issues, these are like quarterly masterminds. So where operators from different rounds that are in the same monetizations kind of get together and brainstorm and mastermind, like I'm having these issues with suppliers or I'm having these issues with, you know, Google algorithm or whatever the case is. So we get to know them extremely well over the course, even if we don't know them that well at the beginning. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think you mentioned something I didn't, you mentioned how kind of empire flippers as a whole is kind of decentralized, right? There's no necessarily headquarters. So I feel like a lot of times there's a big advantage to that, right? Like, where you can kind of pull in people from all over the world, different expertise, different parts of the country, you know, whatever the case might be, and 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 kind of and do that. So I, again, I, I, just the whole virtual setup, I guess, and the whole idea of you know online businesses, right, kind of uh, lends itself to what you were talking about, like these masterminds. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, one hundred percent. So um, Empire Flippers, you know, I, I can't take any credit for this, but was definitely ahead of its time, ahead of the pandemic and everything, as far as uh, distributed teams go. So we've always been distributed. Um, it makes for a u- really unique uh, work culture. We uh, we all work really hard, but enjoy travel and conferences and things like that as well. Uh, we just got back from hiring some uh, or training some new uh, new hires for Empire Flippers Capital. Um, we got together in Thailand. There was a big affiliate world conference over there, a dynamite circle, just an online business uh, community meetup over there. And um, that's another way to network and meet, uh, you know, the very best operators, portfolio managers out there. And yeah, I think you're, you're getting at a really good point there. I mean, Kyle, we've covered a lot. I guess one of the, the biggest last questions that I kind of had was what's next, I guess, for EF Capital, you know, as, as, as you, you're, you're closing up this fund, this round four how often can some investors kind of expect you guys to um, release these funds? You know, how often can they expect to have these opportunities? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So what's next for EF Capital? Actually, uh, I hit on a little bit earlier with we're working really hard toward the crowdfunding option. So we're super excited about that. So be on the lookout. Uh, Additionally, you know, like like I said, from day one, we've been a separate company uh, from Empire Flippers, kind of an offshoot. Um, But we're, we're taking that uh, even a step further. So we're going to be going through a little bit of a rebrand at the beginning of the year. And the reason for that is to be able to, like I said, open up our portfolio managers to purchase from additional brokerages and and source other deals. Uh, so we won't be limited to just the Empire Flippers marketplace uh, starting next year. So that that's kind of what's next for us internally. We're wrapping up round four now, and we plan to offer basically a round of deals each quarter uh, of next year. So there will be plenty of opportunity probably starting in mid-January to to late February for the next round of deals. I'm not sure exactly when this will be published, but we're, we're getting really close to Christmas now. This this round will be closing very soon. Um, so I would say late January, early February will be the next time to to invest. What are some, um, and if you could speak, you know, don't, don't necessarily have to go into the weeds from what you've noticed with the, the the operators, what are some trends that you've seen that you're seeing in terms of like the online businesses? Is there anything that's kind of slowly been creeping up and, you know, kind of been more of a, a hot kind of uh, market? Yeah. I mean, there's seasonalities within any, any um, of the monetization. So, you know, depending on what you sell on Amazon, Christmas is usually a good time for any of them as well as the content sites. Right. So 
if you're looking for best blender, best whatever the kitchen appliance is, like if you have one of those sites around Christmas, they're going to increase. But overall, everything's been pretty steady. There was an enormous boom with FBA businesses, with aggregators over the last couple of years, basically going in and purchasing a bunch of businesses, rolling them up. And um, that's slowed a bit with the economy. But overall, you know, we keep a close eye on valuations across monetizations. Um, so that we know our operators are getting the best deals on businesses and they're they're holding pretty steady. There's it's constantly changing in the industry. As you can imagine, Amazon can make changes very quickly. Google can make changes to their search, you know, and their cookie pro, uh, policies and everything very quickly. So we haven't noticed any massive changes as far as up or down across monetizations. Over the last year, it's been pretty steady. That that is one thing that uh um I've become aware is um, you know, that the SEO is so important, right? With a lot of these websites, especially if they're very niche. And so that, I always thought that that was interesting. Uh, and I, like you mentioned before, blenders, like I always get a kick out of how you could have this website dedicated to cheese or or even a specific type of cheese and make three, $4,000 a month out of it. Because, you know, this content site, I just find that fascinating. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And you, and you like, that was a, um, a really good point there is like a lot of our portfolio managers have, especially in the content realm or like affiliate realm, they have teams in place and you'll see all that on our site ahead of investing. So this person has a team of 10 writers. Their plan is going to be to go produce all the best content they can on cheese or whatever the case is. And that's going to help their SEO. That's going to help their ranking. Uh, whereas somebody else may have a different strategy, but that's a, um, that's a common one for our content operators. They really have that dialed in. Yeah. So again, it's another more depth, right? When I think of operators, I think of a of, of a guy or a girl just sitting behind their, their computer working in isolation, you know, and then from time to time kind of checking in with you guys, but they have their own teams. Yeah. Many, I, I don't want to say all, but almost all, if not all have their own teams uh, really in, in all of our different uh, monetization types. So our FBA guys may have teams, they may have their own warehouse, right? Shipping logistics teams uh, or product development teams. So yeah, just a wide range of offerings. Like you said, it's, it's a, such a big online, when you say online business, it's got, it's, it's huge. Kyle, thanks for coming on the podcast. Really uh, loved learning about Empire Flippers Capital. Thanks for kind of distinguishing between uh, Empire Flippers and, and EF Capital. Any closing thoughts, anything that we haven't covered? I mean, I, I think you guys are, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what you guys are going to do in the new year, you know, with the, you know, with the retail investors. I know that our community is really, you know, vested in that and looking for those opportunities and they just like different things, right? So sometimes you can't put all your money into one basket. So I, you know, they might be putting money into these online businesses. It's another form of, of investment. And uh, I know that our community appreciates that. Yeah, I, I think we went pretty pretty good level of detail. Not a, not a ton to add. I know a lot of these terms are new to people or um, we use a lot of different you know online business lingo interchangeably. So I would encourage you to reach out to our team. I know we'll put it all in the show notes, EFC at empireflippers.com empireflippers.com slash capital. And we have, you know, investment advisors and people just to answer all your questions. You can dig in on the site, like I said, and see good examples of the operators. It's really just a fun space to check out if nothing else. And last thing I would say is, you know, I, I know we've done a deep dive with Alts before and, you know, know several members of, of your audience have actually invested with us. So we look forward to continuing to work with you guys. And I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, Kyle. Thanks so much. Hopefully we'll keep in touch and continue the partnership. Sounds good. Thanks. This was a great conversation with Kyle. One of the things that stuck with me was how EF Capital responded to demand from retail investors who want to diversify into online businesses. 
The response from the team shows a willingness to listen and to adapt. There's so much that goes into building successful online businesses, and Empire Flippers is, without a doubt, one of the top-notch brokerages. It's no surprise that EF Capital is well-positioned for long-term success. A big thanks to Kyle for coming on the podcast. We are looking forward to their rebranding in the next year. And as always, a big thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review or follow us on the streaming platform of your choice. Until the next time, take care.